What would have happened in the media if Roger Goodell suspended a coach 20 hours before kickoff? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, and doing it on a national holiday so courts are closed. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Wait for it suspended before a full investigation was complete because that's what's happened to Jim Harbaugh. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider Tom Curran. Actor and comedian Rob Riggle. Academy Award-nominated actor Michael Fassbender. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, yes, it is. Wow. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. Back here in Los Angeles, back here in the States after a 13-day walkabout in Germany. I am pleased to be back here in the chair and want to thank Andrew Siciliano and Susie Schuster, who's going to be here later, along with Amy Trask with Marshall Falk for What the Football, for your ear gate and viewing pleasure for the podcast world. Uh, I want to thank them all for uh, tending to this program while I was over in Germany um, calling uh, a couple of games uh, that you may have seen, uh, Dolphins and Chiefs and Colts and Patriots for NFL Network. Thrilled to be back here in the States and in the chair, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. Happy to say this is the first program that we are doing uh, in nine plus years on the Rich Eisen Show with a cursing delay button. And I say that just for the (laughs) Buffalo Bills fans out there who might want to call in the 844-204-RICH number to dial. I uh, hope, hope that uh, that uh, index finger of yours is ready, uh, Mike Del Tufo. You're good? Well, you're good I'm on that front? Not, I mean, if Bill's fans call in, you might do that like it's, you know, like you're doing uh, Morse code, right? With the, with the yeah, finger beep, button. Beep, 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 right, okay. Th- this uh, literally should be like Bill's therapy. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I'm not inviting. You know I mean? I'm not inviting. Um, not to curse, but just to you know, like air some grievances. I'm not inviting it. You know I, don't, I, mean? I don't condone it. Uh, Rob Riggle's in studio. Woo! In hour number two of this program. Um, speaking of cursing, Tom Tom Curran will be uh, in about 20 minutes time. Tommy. Uh, because, uh, you know, I figured let's have him on while the Patriots lost to the Colts is still fresh. As they're on their bye week before we turn the page to the rest of week 11 and how week 10 finished up. Uh, he'll be joining us in about 18 minutes time. And then in the middle of this program, uh, the new film Next Goal Wins about the famed American Samoa soccer team. That uh, lost uh, 31 nil in 2001. The actor Michael Fassbender, who you may know is uh, the young Magneto from the X Men series, Man. also the uh, brilliant Inglorious Bastards. He plays the coach in this film. He's on this program an hour or two. Love it. And uh, the actor strike is over, baby. Yeah. So we're going to have a ton of celebrity element <laughs> back on this program uh, after a several month hiatus. And celebrity true or false makes its return as well. On this program, Bam. Uh, we'll also talk about the other America's team, my Michigan Wolverines. That's an hour number three. We'll discuss that with all due respect to uh, TJ Jefferson. But uh, first of all, let's go around the horn as always. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Rich, I'm just so glad you're back, man. I love you so much. Okay, that's a good Sharon Moore troll. Way to start it. Way to start it. He wishes his used... team. He wishes his school's team was as relevant as mine. But that's okay. I could have used the uh, the button. Good to see you over there, Mike Del Tufo. How are you? What's going I'm doing on? Well, good to see you. And TJ Jefferson. The candle's been lit for a while, but good to see candles you, brother. Good to see. You. Wait, we have a, a, a curse button now. Don't say. Don't no, this is, not, no. I, I should have even mentioned it. Why no. did you mention it? Man. No, no. This is we the, never had a, this We don't want to test it. It's just I've ever seen. It's called a safety net. Rolling the rolling the dice. It's called a safety net. Son of a. 
Whoa. Hey. It worked. <laughs> so, um, I'm kidding. Let's uh, hit the Wayback Machine to my first international game this year. Again, Ooh. I just finished my fourth game, second in Germany after two in London. First game I called you're, a month ago. You're no longer local, man. No, I'm uh, worldwide. Like, you know, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, like no, I, I, there's, there's <laughs> a 310. There's a plus in front of my area code. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it was the, uh, in that week that the uh, Buffalo Bills were taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a home game for the Bills. And the uh, Bills, way back in that day, three and one. They were three and one and feeling really good about themselves. They'd won three in a row after losing that opener to the Jets, which, as we all know, changed a lot of trajectories for the season. They had just come off an absolute bludgeoning of the Miami Dolphins to win their third in a row. And the games that they had won in a row, 38 to 10 over the Raiders. 37 to 3 over the Commanders, 48 to 20 over the Dolphins. They had three games in a row in which they had won by 28 or more points, and they could not have felt any better about themselves. Mm. And then the roof caved in. I mean, they have won some games since then, but they have lost four of six and in the process. Losing in that London game, Matt Milano for the year, Daquan Jones for the year. They had lost Trey White in that game against the Dolphins for the year. But as you saw last night and the Monday nighter against the Denver Broncos, the defense is really good. And, you know, their front office went ahead and picked up Rasul Douglas at the trade deadline. He was making some plays last night as well. Smart move. Mm -hmm. And the defense is balling out. Keeping... The Bills in games that they would normally be blown out in because the offense kept turning it over and over and over. And I believe I'm missing an over as well. And I could have missed one more over had James Cook not had a ball bounce back to him like it was a basketball. That was crazy. Last night. On what turned out to be, it appeared, a game-winning drive for the Buffalo Bills. Until the very end when the Broncos missed the game winner with only a couple seconds to go, only to get one more shot at it because the Bills had 12 men on the field. Something, I looked it up, even though I don't have eyes completely on the way the Bills operate in their system. Um, That is something that uh, is not in Ken Dorsey's bailiwick (laughs) to figure out that there should be 11 men on the field in a fire drill of a field goal attempt by your opponent to win the game. But it's the latest example of how a team that has been dominant in this league for the last several years, back-to-back-to-back AFC East championships, a team that has been absolutely on point with the exception of a few seconds here in Kansas City, and then last year, a ton of off-the-field things out of their control of what happened in their community and in the chest of one of their beloved players. This year, it's what's going on on the field involving their offense and their quarterback, where this team, more often than not on that side of the ball, just could not and cannot do the little things right. 
And every team needs to do the little things right in order to win in this league. And it feels like the Bills are just gear grinding on doing the little things right. Where a drive's going well, and then all of a sudden, Josh Allen, the ball seems to just... What, did that just fall out of his hand as he's trying to hand it off into James Cook's chest? Uh, I, that that exchange is there cruising down the field. And then, like and then Josh Allen throws one to Gabe Davis, goes off his hands right into the opposition's hands. And then another one where it's flat out on Josh Allen. How in the world is he throwing it? Fabian Moreau just picked that one right off. And Allen keeps throwing it into danger and is lucky sometimes to not get intercepted. James Cook has a ball ripped out of his hands and then Sean McDermott benches him for an entire quarter only to put him back in and then watch him dominate. And then I could go on and on and on. A third down play here where all Allen has to do is take the layup and instead he throws it down the field and he throws it in a double coverage or he throws it trying to force it into Stephon Diggs, which it makes sense to do. It just seems to be just one after another, after another, after a slow start, after another, and the four out of six, I'll tell you what, that they've lost. They're lucky it's not five out of six. I thought Taron Johnson, who got called last night on a pass interference that cost him in the last minute of the game, I thought he should have been called a hold on on Darren Waller a few Sunday nights ago. Yeah. And the Bills mm-hmm. are lucky oh, yeah. to have walked out yeah. of that with a W. Yep. Forgot about that. Same guy. And yeah. so that little thing that could have gone against him, which Giants fans, I'm sure, are saying big things, they were lucky that to have a win, to one of their two wins in the last six weeks since they showed up in London and got beat up by the Jaguars because they had a slow start. We all thought it was because of jet lag, but this has been a month and a half of jet lag. After they lagged behind the Jets in week one. When they should have won that one. With Zach Wilson suddenly thrust back into place and the Jets just reeling. Because they just couldn't get it done. And you were maybe chalking that up to the Jets defense. And it's just so on and on and on and on. That you keep saying maybe it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, guess whose lap it fell on today? And the axe fell on Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator who got the gig as soon as Brian Dayball took the job with the Giants, and the offense has not looked the same since Dayball has left. And Allen has looked far more turnover-prone since Dayball has left. Is it Dorsey's fault that Cook had the ball ripped out of his arms and then was benched for a a quarter? Is it his fault that there was a 12th man on the field because they would have won last night's game sitting there at 6-4 and instead of 5-5? and Is it Dorsey's fault? Well, guess what? It is now. (laughs) And that's part of the unfair aspect of the NFL. And I'm sure there are some fans in Pittsburgh and in Florham Park, New Jersey, fans of the Steelers and the Jets saying, oh, so you can hold your offensive coordinator responsible. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, so this move can be, uh, these rash moves can be made. Didn't know that. Joe Brady's taking over. The name may sound familiar to some, certainly to LSU fans and fans of the Carolina Panthers. Joe Brady was the passing game coordinator for Ed Orgeron in the year that Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdown passes 
and had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as his wide receivers. That's just laughable every time you say those words out loud yeah, because like, that hey, happened. That me? happened. Yeah, that's when uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was making it rain on championship nights. And Brady turned into the hottest coordinator to be hired, and Matt Rule won those sweepstakes by hiring him to be the offensive coordinator when Rule took the job in Carolina, and we all know how that worked out. Brady's on the staff. Now he's the guy in charge of things for Josh Allen, who had this to say after last night's game when asked about another difficult night on offense for the Buffalo Bills. And, I mean, Allen's got to be sitting there thinking, but I, we, we took the lead with, with, with by one point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was the one who ran in the end zone. Like, I took it in. Everyone's saying I should be running it more. Well, I ran it in. And he had to face that question about the inefficiency of the offense again last night. Josh, throughout this rough patch for the offense, you've maintained your confidence that you guys have, will be able to turn it around at some point. After this performance, do you remain confident after all the, quote, and to use your words, bad football that was put on display tonight? Yeah, I'm still confident, but it's no secret the clock's ticking, you know. Got to have some urgency now. What, what leaves you still confident in the offense after it's been so many weeks of kind of the same story here? Because we've done it before. They have done it before. Now they're going to have to do it with a new offensive coordinator. And the, um, the two words that are uh, definitely pertinent now that you just heard Alan reference, the words are tick-tock. Seven games left. Seven games left. For the uh, Buffalo Bills, well, they're they're five and five, so they've got, as you could see, Jets at Eagles. It's kind of interesting here. So there's seven games left, and we talked about the Jets. If you wouldn't mind keeping the Bills schedule up here for a second, remember we talked about how tough the first six games of the Jets season was, mm-hmm. where they played Dallas, they played Buffalo, they played Philadelphia, they played also Denver. A lot of the same opponents that the Bills have left. Next up is the Jets. We'll place them aside because after the Jets, they got to go to Philadelphia. Then there's a bye after which they visit Kansas City. Then Dallas pays a visit. They come here to Los Angeles where, by the way, things started off very well last year. If you remember, they ruined the Rams opening night party in SoFi and Bills fans will show up. The Mafia will be here two days before Christmas, that's for sure. And then New England at Miami. They've got to go four and three in those games. They've just gone two and four in their last six. They've got to go four and three in those games to get to nine wins. Nine wins. When the AFC Central is dominating and the only AFC, pardon me, AFC Central, the AFC North is dominating and the only team in the AFC North that currently isn't in the playoff picture is a team that's beaten them and has the tie break over them in Cincinnati. Jets have a chance to go there next week, send the Bills to under 500 into Philadelphia and sweep the season series from Buffalo. Now that's a, a tall order based on the fact that the Jets haven't scored a touchdown since, you know, uh, my oldest son, who's 15, was bar mitzvahed. And Feels like it. here's the good news, though. For, for the Bills. Yes. 
there's still time left. That's the good news. A lot of season left. There's seven games left. Yeah. I will just say this. Tom Brady, you remember the other Brady in the, in the news every now and then? <laughs> okay. Tom Brady, in his first year with Tampa, finished up Thanksgiving weekend, fell to 500 in a lost Kansas City, and it looked like that team was toast. They were 500. They didn't lose a game the rest of the way and hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. The guys are there. Diggs is there. Gabe Davis, bless him, he can score. So can Dalton Kincaid. So can James Cook. So can, as we saw last night, the rest of that offense, Kincaid, the defense, despite being injured, held Denver off the scoreboard in the end zone multiple times yeah. after Bill's turnovers put their defense behind the eight ball. It's there. They could have won last night if somehow, someway, a 12th man didn't wind up on the field, something I'm sure Ken Dorsey's thinking about today. So, bad news is they've got, as we saw on ESPN's coverage last night, the third most difficult record the rest of the way in the NFL. There's 32 teams. So, you can do the math. There's 29 other schedules that are easier. Or 28, I guess. And then you've got the fact that there's still seven games left. You come up with wins in those games, you can make the playoffs. And then I proffer to say this. If you're a two seed, if you're, say, Jacksonville, you're, say, Baltimore, you're, say, even Miami, you want a seven-seeded Buffalo Bills team coming into your town? Hmm. The answer is no. So, you'd hey, you, nine and eight teams. Put those up there one more time. The sniffing it teams in the AFC. Jack, not, Jacksonville's not making the playoffs. Not, so stop it. Nine and eight teams. Nine and eight teams. You want the Chargers coming in at nine and eight? No, uh, no. Of course you do. They were up 27 nothing last year and they lost a playoff game. Get out of here. They can score 30 like that. Okay. You want the Jets at nine and eight coming to your town? Sure. You want the, the Raiders at nine and eight coming into your town against the, you want the Bills coming in? You'll take the nine and eight Colts. You don't want a nine and eight Bengals team. Mania. Okay. So there's all of that. There's still time. And there's time on this program to call us at 844-204-H, number to dial. Can't wait to talk to Tom Curran. He's next. What are the Patriots going to do on their bye week? It's Tuesday. There's nothing coming from Kraft Country right now. Zero. Point zero. Full blue Tarski. Bills, the Bills are right there front and center. And what are the Patriots going to do? And we'll discuss that with NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider Tommy Curran Tommy. when we come back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. On my flight home from Germany, took me a while. It's interesting. Uh, at the Frankfurt Airport, mm-hmm. had to go through passport control to check out of Germany. Okay. Before going through security, then after security at the gate. Check in again after I checked in online, checked a bag, wow. had to check in again. It's a lot of a lot of check-ins, a lot, a lot, of, check-in, of, che- yeah. lot of check with me's, a lot, a lot of, of you know, I mean a lot of Omas there, uh, right? Uh, either, either but <laughs> so you know, you're standing there and all these lines are about a half hour long each, some oh, of them. Yeah. And uh, staring in passport control, a lot of Patriots fans there. In front of me, behind me, a couple asked me, is Mac Jones done? Oh, is he yeah. done as quarterback? And it's just like Oh yeah. I told him my general sense is yes, but you know they could start him coming off the bye. Say that's the best for the team. It's you know we'll see. And then uh, honestly, behind me, guys didn't recognize me, or I didn't care if they did or didn't. It's not the point of it. On um, they sounded like straight out of Goodwill Hunting Central Casting, <laughs> lamenting how their years of dominance. We've been dominant twenty years of dominance. Yo, kid, are over. That's what they were like Over. lamenting. And this is a day later. Like they had had a whole night, a whole sleep, a whole breakfast. Like a lot of beers, kids. S- sitting there, <laughs> sitting there lamenting, lamenting how it's over. over at the airport. But we've been dominant for so many years. It's just really difficult for to just figure it out. And, and, and one, one of them even said they should have paid us to come <laughs> watch this game. That's what one guy it said is. to the other. They should have paid us. What was it, 10-6? Yeah. Um, dude, it, it was uh it was a it was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a rough one. But it was I don't I think I thought the final score was 13-9, wasn't it? I, f- I forget. Because you know, I I, it's just in a haze of, of weirdness when I, I I couldn't believe it that I'm in the commercial break. It was 10-6. And they get in my head, they get in my head, and they're saying to me, Bailey Zappy's warming up. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? And I'm like, what? And they showed me up like on the screen. 
And um, oh my God, they're with, with benching two minutes to go. Matt Jones. And I turned to my uh, stat man, my my spotter, Rich Gaynor, spot on. And my stat man named, wait for it, Sean Salisbury. Okay. Not the same guy, no, I'm assuming. Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> um, I believe he's a Syracuse guy. Oh, nice. So at any rate, um, I turned to him. I'm like, when's the last time Bailey Zappi threw a pass in the NFL? He said, week five. So they brought out a guy who hadn't thrown a pass in five weeks. That's how poorly Mac Jones was playing. And Bill was just like, that's it. Put him out there. And then the fake spike. I mean, I called it a fake snap at first, which, by the way, (laughs) kept me up all night. And a fake spike into triple coverage. And Jason McCourty was awesome in his analysis. Throw it into a host of Colts. And then they showed a shot of Bill. Like, Yeah, just like. Can't believe it. So lots of questions. And to answer them is our friend from NBC Sports Boston. Bad signal. Tom Curran back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Tom? I'm tremendous. How are you? I'm good. Do you hear my whole setup? Do you hear my yeah. whole setup there? Yeah. Yeah, those guys are pissed. Pissed. <laughs> Who's pissed? Um, oh, I just, guys, oh, oh, I just, oh I, you mean that we're in passport control with me? They were pissed. They were. Yeah, they were hot. I got people. I was walking the dog today, mm-hmm. and old Mike DeRico stuck his head out, and he says, Hey, I got an eleven-year-old playing Pop Warner. He can, he can start. <laughs> yeah, I know, Mike. <laughs> just, just trying to get Bo back in the house here. So what, uh, <laughs> Tom? I, I, I don't, I don't know uh, what to make of all of it. Uh, I'll just give you the floor here and tell me what you know what you think is going on. The only thing I could, I could yeah. say is I saw Robert Kraft there. You know, I interviewed him before the game. And he was talking about how the Patriots had waited a decade to play in the, the market of Germany and how the Patriots were the first organization in the NFL to translate their website into German and how this was a bit, they, seriously, he was taught and he wanted to win this game badly. And then that happened. So what do you think is happening right now um, at, uh, at Patriots headquarters, Tom? There's resignation, I think, that this is going to end. It might end for the head coach and quarterback. It might end for just the head coach. But I think there's resignation that a change has to be made because there's a chicken or the egg conversation to be had with Mac Jones. In the first half, he was sacked five times. He had been sacked 16 times all year. Second half starts, and he gets brain lock on that third and two. Decides not to throw it to Demario Douglas. Decides instead to move around and finally throw it underhanded out to the flat to Ramondre Stevenson, where it could have been a pick six. He misses Hunter Henry in the end zone. He gets screamed at by Bill O'Brien, deservedly so. And then that wasn't just a physical letdown on the pick. That was a mental letdown. That's that's a 20-foot putt that you hit two feet with the tournament on the line. And to me, there's a there are a myriad reasons Mac Jones is what he is right now. And some of them lie simply with Mac Jones and his limitations. But a lot of them lie, too, with the decisions made around him, who he's throwing to, who's protecting him, the offense of three different coordinators in three years. But a first-round pick is broken. The players around the first-round pick are are not sufficient. And the reason those players are here are Bill Belichick. And the team is spiraling. They're 2-8. and eight. You have to make a change. And I think there's a resignation and an acknowledgement that's going on inside the building, that, that that's what's going to happen. Now, how much culture can they keep intact over the next two, eight, seven games? 
that remains to be seen, but you have to try and figure a way to do it with dignity. And I'll also ask you, Rich, mm-hmm. now do you understand why people were asking the question last week? No, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, I do. Uh, no, no, Tom, I, I get it. Look, you, you've got the boots on the ground. I'm sitting out here in Southern oh, California not, and I'm last year teasing. in Germany. No, I know. I mean, I am teasing. No, I know you like are. The, no, you the are. naked eye realization of, oh, my God, they're really this bad. I just didn't think that, you know, he was coaching for his job this week. That's That was my, my, my point. Like, uh, I understand that everything that you said makes complete sense because I saw – a team that was, um, you know, miserable, to be straight out with you. Although David Andrews was very, um, he seemed upbeat, so did Mac Jones. Um, but when it all came down to, and, and Andrews after the game said, don't don't blame Belichick, you know, we're playing like you know what. Um, mm-hmm. And and a lot of players, a couple of the old school players, I think Slater came out and said the same thing too. Yep. So um, it, it, I don't think he's lost the locker room. That was my point no. is I didn't think that that he was coaching for his job in Germany at all. That's that was my pushback on it, but I do sure. get the sense that that this run, this remarkable run of two decades um is entering its final throes. I did I did leave that building that night with that sense to be straight yeah. up with you Tom. And, and the notion that Bill Belichick would be dismissed during the season that makes no sense. Unilaterally is still infinitesimally low unless right. Bill says it, it, it's it's not working. Put somebody else in here. And I don't see Bill ever doing that just based upon everything we know about him and how he was raised and the things that he val- sees valuable. He would never say, I can't do it and desert. Right. And, so and that would never happen. The Belichick that we also found in our broadcast meeting too, Tom, um, seemed thoroughly engaged, loves ball. My God. I mean, like, that. so it's not like that fires out, right? It's not like he's burnt. You know, I've seen burnt coaches before. That ain't him. I mean, he loves ball. He loves everything about it. He loves the scheming. He loves all of it. So my question for you is, um, where where do you think it all has gone wrong to the point where two and eight for the first time since his first year there? It goes to player personnel. It goes to drafting and free agency. It goes to, and Bill will say that a lot of this was caused by chasing competitiveness in the late 2010s. You know, and he he pointed that out in 2020. He said, you know, this is a reset. We're in salary cap jail. He wouldn't give Brady a two-year, $25 million contract guaranteed because he said they couldn't afford it. My understanding was that Bill told Brady, we can give you 22.5 on the on the salary cap. That's We can't do any more than that. And Brady was under the impression he was going to get a two-year $50 million contract. So there was a divorce from Brady in that 2020 pre-March 17th departure that was financially tied. So Bill saw 2020 as a reset, and then with all the money they had because the cap had gone down and the Patriots were in a great position – when they shopped for players, they kind of went through like drunken sailors and bought everything. It was Nelson Aguilar and John U. Smith, and they hit on Judon. They hit on Henry. They didn't hit on Kendrick Bourne. Meanwhile, or they did hit on Kendrick Bourne somewhat, Devon Godshaw. You know, players who just, they spent exorbitant amounts of money on. They hit on Mac Jones, but then Bill would, I'm sure, point to the brain drain within the coaching staff. Josh left. Brian Flores left. Um, we've been rebooting in personnel with Nick Casario leaving and, and Monty Austin for leaving. 
So we've been stretched there. So Bill would maintain, I think, that we tried to wring everything we could out of the late 2010s. And this is a rebuild that's ongoing. Yes, I accept blame that from Joan Williams to Tyquan Thornton to Nikhil Harry to Duke Dawson, we've swung and missed Isaiah Wynn on first through third round picks. I just did a list. There was too many to even send in that they've missed on. But the free agency, the player acquisition, the coaching staff setup has all conspired to leave the team where it is. And, and Bill, at this stage, doesn't have the same wherewithal, I think, to collect minds from around the NFL, nor the patience to train people. So the coaches on this team are like Mike Pellegrino is a former lacrosse player. And he's done a pretty good job at the corners overall, but he's not a tried and true coach who came up in, in coaching. You know, Joe Judge is here, and he's not done a hell of a lot of good for the team. And, and he and Matt Patricia were both working here in large part because they were still on contracts from their former employers. So he hasn't done a, a real active job bringing folks in on the coaching staff, and he's done poorly bringing players in. So that's why they are where they are. So what do you think happens with seven games to go here? What do you got for me? On and this Mac front? Jones is going to almost certainly sit. You I think, think so? that he'll probably, yeah. And I think he'll probably be, be dropped down to third string. Really? And you're going to elevate Will Greer and you're going to elevate the player that took the final snaps the other day is, is Bailey Zappi. And I would, if, if I was a betting man, I would say, Will, and I don't have any intel on this, but Will Greer gets the reps to be the starter. And if he fails in that, then Zappi would start and Greer would be two. And you proceed through the end of the year and you try and maintain the culture. They released Jack Jones yesterday, who'd been a pain in the posterior. J.C. Jackson didn't make the trip to Germany because he had been a pain in the posterior. So you have to make sure that the culture at least remains some kind of semblance of functionality. And that's how you negotiate the final seven games. Hmm. And then what happens with Mac? He's still on his rookie contract. He is. You can bring him back and have him be your bridge quarterback to the next guy. But is he suited for that as somebody who probably feels done wrong already? So we're drafting another quarterback. Well, why are you doing that? Because you suck. Well, why do I suck? I suck because you didn't do anything to help me. Is he going to be a, a negative in the in the locker room or would, would he take it um, in the way intended? I don't know. So that's that's the decision that they have to make. Whoever's making the decision next spring, whether it be Gerard Mayo and Bill O'Brien whether it be some other coach from someplace else, that's a decision that needs to be made on Mac Jones. Do you want to keep him around as a bridge? You can't go into the season as him, him, Bailey Zappi, and Will Greer again. Well, I mean, if you only have two or three wins, you you have a you have a real shot at some one of these studs in college football right now, Tom. Yeah, you do. But when you look at the Patriots' problems, did it start at quarterback? Or did it start on the offensive line? Did it start on the lack of talent? You got Marvin Harrison Jr. sitting there. If you're drafting third and Drake May and Caleb Williams are off the board and you have an opportunity to take the Penn State tackle or Marvin Harrison Jr., you're going there. Even if Drake May is sitting there, do you sit there and say, we want to get another quarterback? And you look at Mac and say, he can he can take us through this year. Let's take the kid in the second round from LSU. Is it Jaden Daniels? Yeah, right. Yeah. Even if he's there. 
Or do you take collateral and move back into the first round and try and take him if he's dropping? I'm sure he's going to go a lot higher than we anticipate now. Sure. Given his 600 yards last week. And then where's Bill next year? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know how much there's. I'm in the minority in thinking that the people around the NFL are going to look at the situation the Patriots are in and say, I don't know if I want to sign up for that. I don't know if I want to bring Bill Belichick into a locker room and pay him $25 million and give him total control of my program and have my players' culture uprooted in a way that didn't seem to take in New England and and put that forth here just to put asses in the seats for a year or two. I, I don't know. Do you, Rich? No, think that, I don't know. Again, teams are going to look at, do you think teams are going to look at Bill the way they would have five weeks ago? Look, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a week to week thing and whatever, but he, he is still Bill Belichick, man. I mean, you know, and, and I understand again, I, I just was around a team that didn't look very good on the field and you got a sense despite, you know, again, Jabril Peppers, we spoke to him. He was, Delightful. So is Mac. I got to tell you, Tom. I'll be straight up. Uh, Mac was delightful, and so was Andrews. It it didn't seem like they 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 went into this game thinking they could win this thing, and who the heck knows? So it's not like he's lost the locker room. I mean, obviously, I'll defend him. I'm I'm very biased towards mm-hmm. towards him um, and and his history. Uh, but I didn't see a guy checked out. I have no idea. Maybe he wants to do media. He'd be so damn good at that. Oh my god. Um, but I guess last one for you, there's no scenario in which he and Kraft get together and he's still under contract. Clearly, you know, my colleague Ian Rappaport said he signed a, a new deal prior to the season, um, where he, he agrees to cough up the groceries to somebody else, changes his staff in a way that uh, Kraft is happy with and off they go. You don't think that happens? From my understanding, I don't envision that happening. Tom, appreciate the time, man. You're the man. Appreciate that. All right, bud. As always, good to chat with you. Great work over there. Really great Thanks, work pal. with you and Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. That's Tom Curran here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'll be straight up with you, too, about Mac Jones. I got the sense. I'll just be, I, I'll always tell you the truth. That guy needed a hug. I'm serious. I'm serious. At one point I asked him, you know, if is Belichick just like Saban? You know what his answer was? His answer was that Saban was a little bit more like strict on details. Like if they're leaving for the movies at 11:51 on the bus, mm-hmm. they're leaving at 11:51. Oh, and he'd come up with like these weird times and Bill's like, "All right, you know, right around then, but he's still Bill Belichick." Right. And so talk to him about how you know, he's had only a certain style of coach. And he said his high school coach was similar to it too. Really? Hmm. And he's had like tough love guys. And at one point he mentioned like, yeah, you know, it, he had a smile on his face. Couldn't have been sweeter. I'm telling you. And so he wasn't like hang dog or like, man, it's terrible here. Like he was totally upbeat, leader of the team. And if you saw his high-fiving people, I, I don't think he'll be a problem if he's dropped down a yeah, third so string either. either. Actually, but. but, you know, because he, he was high-fiving after he got benched. He had to be sitting around going, what the hell is happening to me? Yeah. Right? And so the sense that I got is when he was talking about the coaches that he's only had since he was a, a pup, he also said 
the only time he's ever had an offensive coordinator in back-to-back years of his entire existence was Steve Sarkeesian in Alabama. So he's had this and then that and then that, but he didn't complain about it. We, we, we were the ones bringing up those facts to him and asking him these questions. And it was really kind of wild, too, because they, they had us in the, um, in the conference room, press conference room, in the stadium. That's where we met with them in the stadium. Other places we met at their facilities, other teams in the facilities. So we had rooms, conference rooms, sitting at tables. This was chairs around in a circle. Like I even joked with Belichick. I'm like, this, this is not an intervention. He didn't laugh, but I thought it was a good line, you know, like, like, you know, and, and so he mentioned how it's just the only thing he's ever known, but he brought up Tua and how, you know, Tua has a coach that essentially is a guy who's sits next to him on the bench, goes into all the team meetings, you know, the quarterback meetings right next to him's right there has Tua, he goes and has he goes you know a coach that has you over to the house for dinner, and and um, he goes but sometimes I'll think you know like what if what if there's that, but then he says but that's not the coach that, that I've ever had so this is the only way I know how so it was kind of like like a flash of like he's giving you signs he's giving well, you I just, signals I don't know I don't know if he's doing that. He wasn't like blinking twice to make sure, right, like exactly. you know, I, if I win, yeah, three right? No, times, it wasn't uh, that. Um, yeah. I don't want it to be seen like he's he was carping about anything, but it was just one of those flashes where I I turned to everyone we when they left the room and I'm like my 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 uh because we had just had Mike McDaniel's you know I I had that soliloquy from from the hotel room on the show the week before that a lot of people were were discussing. Mm. That he's he's the type of guy that just says, I love you, man. Like, I'll I'll give you the hug. I'll give you the hug and tell you how great you are because that's what, you know, parents do for their kids. Right. And instead... He gets screamed at by Bill O'Brien. <laughs> and he's got a coach that doesn't do that. Yeah. And you know who didn't need it? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Did not need that. Well, Tom Brady wanted to get screamed at. Well, I, I or, or he might have wanted the hug on occasion, but didn't need it. He, I'm good. So he and Belichick were, like, perfect for each other. Yeah. That's just the sense I got with Mac. And then, but, I mean, the throws, he had Hunter Henry and overthrew him. And he's lucky to, that wasn't intercepted. And then the one that he, so I mean, Gise- I mean no, no, it's so a Gusecki he overthrew. And then it was Hunter Henry. Uh, reverse. Reverse, right. It was yeah, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Overthrew. Gusecki, Gusecki was, was wide open. Game, I mean, that was an open. awful throw. There's just no other way to put it. Yep. Awful throw. Killed him. Also, I wasn't really paying attention. All I'm thinking about is Marvin Harrison and Jaden Daniels next year. There you so go. Just, let's, Got move it. On. let's move on. We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Phone calls. We'll talk about the Broncos still to come on this show. Rob Riggle in person and Michael Fassbender on a Zoom. It'll be fun. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly auto parts they're in the business of keeping your car on the road o'reilly auto parts offers friendly helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful has a smile on their face and gets you back on the road they've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online so you never have to worry if you're in a jam the team at o'reilly auto parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car if it needs to be replaced they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's take some phone calls, shall we? Um, Lee in Santa Barbara, first and first up. What's up, Lee? Man, Rich, I just want to say you're the GOAT, and I love you. But I want to go around the room real quick, if that's okay. okay. Lee, Brockman. Go for it. Brockman. Uh-oh. Um, one of my favorite segments is What's More Likely. I think that's really great, well thought out. I like how you poke fun. At 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 at, uh, at Rich every once in a while, you know what I okay. mean. Okay, thanks, brother. Positive I Tuesday. I love it so far. What do we got? Del Tufo, you got him. Uh, wait, wait, wait yeah, uh, Del Tufo. Yep. I just want to hang out with you, TJ Jefferson. I just want to say I grew some cannabis this year, and I named it after you because it was that good. Just like- <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa! Come on, man. Wait. It's like it's like one of my lifelong dreams was to hear somebody Whoa. say something like that. Lee, tell me yeah, about it. You got a strain? A strain that's never been made, and I named it TJ Plus. <laughs> Rich Eisen says everything needs a plus. Okay. <laughs> my God. All right. We, I mean, we Lee, got Carl Spackler here. I, I, I'd ask, wow. you, know, you know, can you play golf, golf on, on it when it's done? It's a cross between us. It will knock you out. It will put you to sleep. Man, Lee, I have so many hey, questions that I don't think wow. I should ask on hey, Roku. Hey, but TJ, I have questions. Last time I was on here, you promised me a mug, TJ, and you never sent it to me. Oh, uh, that's you? no. Yeah, we need to take a road right. trip. Yeah, Barbara. What's going to happen? Lee, make sure Lee, Adam has have, your phone number. I have because... something to talk to. Like, we all don't get to like, be married to Susie Schuster, who knows everything about sports, even more than you. you Fantastic. Know I mean? Fantastic. Um, and my I appreciate girl, that, Lee. My girl is... When I usually watch football, she goes to the other room and watches the Kardashians or Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> last night, my Broncos were playing. And so she was like, hey, baby, I'm going to make you chicken wings and pizza, and I want to watch football with you. So she put on my Broncos hat, and she thinks she's Tay right now. Like She thinks she, she's the reason why the okay. Broncos won. Why not? Anyway. Why not? But anyway, so she's watching the game, and – she doesn't know anything about it, and I'm explaining it. You know what I mean? And she goes, 
why does Russell Wilson keep running? Why does he throw the ball? Mm. And I'm like, well, because nobody's open, baby. And you know what I mean? She goes, well, why is the Denver Broncos defense is doing so good they can't score a touchdown? I go, because they suck, baby. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Those kind of things. What a great then, story. Then to show her game where the fundamentals were just horrible. Two missed extra points yep. that could have cost us the game. Yep. And then, and then, and then. What, 12 men, I, I, my girl, was. she goes, well, can't they count to 11? And, 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 well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Lee. I think we've we, we've shown exactly why that is a great question. the Bills put a 12th man on the field is perhaps there was some TJ plus involved. You never know. <laughs> We're all wondering what's going on. That's called a full circle. And thank you, Lee, for the call. Call back. Actually, hold on and give your information to Adam, please. Yeah, I got to give you that cup. I forgot about there you go. that. There you go. He's there you go. It's uh, back on hold. Lee is back on hold. Lee in Santa Barbara. Wow. That's I mean, what we call epic. That was- and he should. Uh, rack them. TJ Jefferson, in the minute we have left in this segment. I mean, by the way, we came close to needing that dump button for I the first t- time. I, I have my finger. Uh, on. Hey. What I've do you arrived. think? I mean, out of all. <laughs> if I'm here. I'm, not, I'm, I'm now official. Like okay. a referee in the whistle. Okay. 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 Yeah. You know? Hey. There's Snoop. You going to tell your mom about this? No. Mom's watching, and you've just been outed. Hey, mom. There's something called TJ Plus in Santa Barbara in somebody's backyard. <laughs> you don't even want to know. Wow. I'm assuming it's legal. I'm saying if you've got cataracts, I, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, there you go. TJ Plus. Got the cataracts. Yeah. yeah. The Snoop. There's, you know, Cypress Hill. And, you know, and we were wondering how we were going to cover the Broncos' victory. Wow. Now we know. know. It's legal there. Legal there, too. That's right. Donkey! We'll talk about the Broncos a little bit more later on. I've I've literally been waiting for this day for a long time. Unclear eyes, full heart. (laughs) Unclear eyes. Can't lose. TJ Plus, everybody. That's a new... A yeah. new wing of RES Consulting. We had no idea was going to exist. Wow. I'm, Rob Riggle coming up. I'm internationally known now thanks to Oleg. And oh, now by the I'm, way, I'm, it's funny. So as soon as I, I, you know, I interviewed Robert Kraft live on NFL Network for eight minutes prior to going up to the booth and calling Patriots and Colts. It's a lot of moving parts yeah. and sitting down and, you know, do that interview, and I'm done. And I'm like, okay, now I can go upstairs and just focus on the game. And as soon as I got up out of the chair and said goodbye to Robert Kraft and took my IFB out and getting ready to go upstairs, from behind the railing that was right there on the other side of the set, somebody screamed, great job, Susie's husband. (laughs) (laughs) That <laughs> happened. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. In Germany. <laughs> and I'm like, what a week. Oleg watching videos. You know, the Berlin on bike guide of the century. Wow. Watching Rich Eisen show videos. And then somebody in Frankfurt Stadium Funny. screams out, great job, Susie's, Susie's husband. husband. <laughs> and of course, they turned around and said, thank, thank you. you. Of course. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And now... You're wondering if things come in threes. TJ Plus. I mean, look, I don't partake, but... Now, you know. I'm glad he didn't call it TJ Max because he could get sued. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Rich. No Can't Max. do that. Right. Plus. Plus. 
Amen. <laughs> hey, wow. Might what a take day. us out with some cypress. Right, we're going coming out here, baby. <laughs>